Usually they're so boring. I know. It's like, oh. Last like, name with a Y on it. <laughs> exactly. Let's shorten Ovechkin to Ovi. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. Cool. You know, cool. <laughs> Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, Washington Capitals. We are joined by friend of the pod. At this point, I have to, just to full disclosure, Greg, I've called everyone friend of the pod at this point so far because <laughs> everyone I've talked to is, in fact, friend of the pod. Like, I haven't had any new people yet. Everyone's like a somebody who's done it with me a million times. So, Greg from Japers Rink and Japers Rink Radio. Greg, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I uh, I, I just uh, I feel like it's good to have public positive health messages. So I, I am excited to say I got the second dose of the COVID vaccine a couple of days ago and it works and people should definitely take it when they have the opportunity. So yay, good public health messaging. I'll tell you what, I can't get that thing in me fast enough. I, I know. I, you, you and me both. It was like, I, I was, ta- I was, I, we were talking a little bit before about this, but it was like a, I, my family has been pretty affected by the COVID outbreak as, has a lot of people's. And, uh, it was actually, it was like a very nice kind of emotional moment for me when it happened. So I, I definitely like I, I, the COVID vaccine has everyone's, every major public health figures endorsement and people should definitely take it when they can. Absolutely. For yeah. sure. And just so let's like talk a, about hockey. That's let's really do it. This is a fun little peek behind the curtain because I find this hilarious. But this morning, I was sitting around. I had gone for a run and then I was being lazy. And I looked at my my DMs and a friend of um a friend of mine, Traeger, DM'd him was like, "Why are the Flyers play at 9 a.m. tomorrow?" And I was like, "What the fuck are you t- like? What are you talking about? <laughs> Flyers don't play at 9 a.m. tomorrow." And then I like looked at the schedule and I was like, "Oh right, he lives in California. A yeah. time zones." Difficult for me at all times. And then B, oh shit, they play the Capitals. Yeah. <laughs> we we, we have the big NBC pre Super Bowl game, which uh, Cap Sands will tell you, we actually play pretty well in those games. So it's, it's kind of exciting. Ooh. Yeah. yeah it's, it'll be a fun day of sports for us anyway. So that's yeah, fun. That's <laughs> we can all root for, uh, we can all root against Tom Brady later. That's literally all I care about. I like the only thing I care about when watching the sports, the sports bowl, <laughs> the Super Bowl <laughs> is. Uh, commercials. Sometimes the halftime show. I'm not so sure about this year, but maybe it'll surprise me. Who is it this year? The weekend or whatever? The weekend. Yes. Sure. Yes, sure. Why not? (laughs) I'm sure the youths will like him very much. And then also um, rooting against someone that I hate with my life. There you go. And as as a, as a, I'm guessing Eagles fan, uh, Tom Brady probably would rate pretty highly on that list, I would imagine. You know, if I had never seen an Eagles game in my life, I'm pretty sure I would still hate Tom Brady. Yeah. Oh my. It's like his face. His attitude, everything about the TB12 or whatever is just like. So I have I I in a in a past life I did a lot of consumer protection work and uh, I it's just like you read anything about the TB12 and it's just the most insufferable thing ever. So I then again I mean like whenever we get to actually know like athletes, we find a disproportionately high people of them have somewhat objectionable political views. So, you know, you, yeah. you never want to like look too hard, but no. Tom Brady seems like he really wears his on his sleeve in a uh, very uh, kind of insufferable way. Yeah. Like I don't pay attention to Tom Brady on purpose. And yet somehow I know all of these things about Tom Brady. It's infuriating. <laughs> I don't want well, him in go. my brain. Yeah. I, I don't either. I mean, honestly, I, I don't think I've watched a NFL game, um, from start to finish in like two or three years. So I probably won't this year either. I actually, I, I figured I might, if the game gets boring enough, I might finally start watching WandaVision, which seems like everyone and their mother has a, has an opinion about these days. People seem to be into it. So that might be yeah. a good idea. All right. Okay. Hockey. <laughs> right. Hockey. 
Washington Capitals. So yes. since this is the first time we're seeing the Capitals, I want to talk a little bit about the guys that they added this season and see how they are doing. So just to run it down for everybody, because I've got a handy list here. Uh, Justin Schultz, who yeah. is hurt, I believe, right? Yes, that is correct. He okay, took so. a puck to the face, and uh, we don't really know what happened. Uh, there's like talk that it might be a concussion. It might be a broken jaw, because when you take a puck to the jaw, that's usually not great. Um, not great. So there could be a lot of things. But either way, he is definitely going to be out tomorrow. Okay. Then we have uh, Connor Sheary, who I absolutely will not call Connor Sheary ever once in my life. <laughs> Connor Sheary. Yep. Oh, I, I mispronounce that name all the time. I think everyone does. And uh, I think he's also going to be out. So. Oh, okay. Go. Yep. Oh, boy, you guys got some. We're, we're going to talk about it, but you guys got some shit going on. Um, Daniel Sprong. Daniel Who will be in, I think. He will be in. Yes, I believe so. He might actually be on the second line because of another guy who's going to be out that we will talk about in a bit, I guess. Hmm. And then you have the new goaltender to replace the goaltender that you got to replace the goaltender. Yep. Vitek Vanacek. That is nicely done on the first oh my try. God. Nicely done. Against me there. Spelling gets a lot more difficult, to be fair. But like, nicely done on the first try. You get a polite golf clap for that one. Thank you very much. So how's how has he been so far? I'm assuming he is the backup, but right now Samsonov is out with the COVIDs. Um, So how's how's the new goaltender look for you guys so far? Yeah, he's been he's been fine actually. I think that. It's uh, he definitely has helped held the caps in some games that they did not deserve to be in. Uh, I think Flyers fans can relate to that a little bit. Um, I, I you know I, he's young and his rebound control is not there. It's just not, and that's kind of expected. I mean, you know these guys shoot in the NHL at way harder and way faster and way more accurate ways. So I would imagine being a goalie, that's one of the first things you have to get adjusted to. So his rebound control is not totally there, but he's really athletic and. He seems to be in the right place more often than not. So he's definitely acquitted himself well. Now, do I think he's like a superstar going to be set the world afire? Probably not. But also, I don't know anything about goalies anyways. And frankly, it seems like he's made more saves than not. So that that's at least good. Literally all you can care about. <laughs> if they I mean, make well, saves any, today, good. you talk to a goalie, it's like they can break it down at such a level that I've just accepted I don't know anything about it. And once mm-hmm. you do that, it's oddly freeing. <laughs> you can apply that to a lot of things in life i think that's true that's actually a good life philosophy right of just the except if you don't know and it's freeing and then it frees you up to uh spend your brain on more stupid things which i enjoy definitely and that brings us to the last new guy who i definitely want to talk about and that's our old pal peter laviolette how are you enjoying the laviolette era so far in washington i mean it's different i think it's fair to say i think that The Caps are much more defensively organized, which is impressive given how many people we've had kind of going on and off the roster this year. So I think that's been impressive. I think the Caps offense hasn't been there. And you read all the stuff about Peter Laviolette not exactly being an engine for offense, and that makes sense. The other thing being, though, that the Caps have had so many of their good offensive players just be out of the lineup that I think it's tough to really get a great gauge on where Laviolette is. I think he plays one of our other new guys, uh, Zidane Chara, way too much. And I think that's a lot of Caps fans are starting to notice that. But How did I forget Zidane Chara? Yeah, well, I, I, I led you into that one. I'm trying to be, <laughs> trying to be a good guest here. I liked it. <laughs> no problem. Uh, he hasn't been very good, by the way. But, uh, but anyways, um, I think that Laviolette is someone that is – 
it's, you could tell he's a professional established NHL head coach. And I, I think that at times the team under Todd Reardon wasn't the most defensively organized. And Laviolette's a good professional head coach that knows how to run a defensive structure. And so the Capitals are much better with that. You look at their shot suppression metrics, and they're way better than they used to be, even now that they're struggling a little bit. So I think that's good. I think the Caps are kind of a lot more boring to watch. And uh, mm. pretty much on all the hockey graph feed charts you'll see, they're always kind of in the dull end of things, which is uh, honestly with Alex Ovechkin's kind of frustrating a little bit. But it's I, the Caps seem to be getting more points than not. So I guess that's something. Yeah, we're having a lot of that in Philadelphia. Um, yeah, with the, <laughs> with the Flyers playing exceptionally sloppy and kind of bad hockey and yet winning most of their games. Yep. Um, and people are very angry about this in a way that I I personally don't all the way understand. But, you know, hockey fans be like that sometimes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, like the... You know, if you win the hockey games, you win the hockey games. It's not always going to be pretty. Well, and, and, and the thing I've tried to tell Cap fans, because uh, I repeat this almost every time I go on anything, is that there are very few NHL teams at this point that are just 100% satisfied with the way that they're playing. Like, oh, for sure. Right? Sloppiness. Exactly. And, like, if you're Montreal, okay, like, I would be ecstatic if I'm Montreal. They look legitimately really good. If I were... um Vegas, you would be like, okay, like they're going to be really good. And Colorado is going to be good, although they've obviously had some players be out of the lineup. But really, I mean, like those teams aside, like it hasn't. No, no one in the East really, except for maybe Boston, has really covered themselves in a lot of glory. So yeah, just like kind of being ugly and maybe muddling out some points is gonna is gonna help later on in the year, particularly given all the scheduling and all the things that seem like they're going to change in the next few weeks. Yeah. So speaking of. The Capitals are 6-2-3 and three, as we talk about them. Um, just behind the Flyers with 11 points to the Flyers' 12 points. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong call. <laughs> 15. I was going to say, I was points, like, I, I thought that was a little points. low, but maybe, maybe. You know. Who what are points these you? days? Who knows anything? <laughs> I, I gave myself a very short amount of time to prepare for this, so this is on me. <laughs> As, as anyone that can see both of our Twitter feeds immediately know, which is totally fine. <laughs> okay, so they are winning games. Yes. Third in the Mass Mutual East Division as we speak. What for you has been the most positive thing to start the season for the Caps? Well, I mean, they're winning, so that's something. I think that... Eighth. I, I think I said at the start of the year, I had the Caps as a bubble team, and I don't see anything in there that's really changed that opinion. So the fact that they're able, we're able to bank a lot of points, even if you assume that they're going to play like a bubble team going forward is good, right? So I think that's good. Um, I think that I mean, Carlson has been really good this year, and they've needed him to be because he's had to play a lot of minutes, particularly with some D partners that maybe aren't to his caliber. So he's been someone that's been impressive. Um, I've, you know, it's tough. I think that, I mean, Vitek Vanacek, who we talked about, I think has been pretty good. Uh, Sprong seems to be, Daniel Sprong seems to be someone that a lot of people are talking about. I think he's been okay. I think that there's another gear in him that I'm hoping that the Caps find. So he's been someone who I think has been pretty good. And then before he was out, Justin Schultz has looked amazing. And Mm. he's a guy that under LaViolette, the whole thing is he wants defensemen to really jump up into the play. And the Caps don't exactly have a ton of great skaters on the blue 
blue line that can do that. But Justin Schultz is one of them and looked very good and scored a really important goal against the Flyers with, or not Flyers, sorry, with the, against the Islanders with 20-something seconds left to win win the game in regulation, which those are absolutely huge this year. So I think he's someone that really stood out, but he's been out for the last four games because he took a puck to the face. So there you go. Not great. So speaking of players being out, can you run down the list for me of everybody who is out for these Flyers games? Oh, boy. That's okay. a long right. list. Yes. All right. So we know that uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov and Ilya Sensonov are going to be out. They are on the mm-hmm. COVID list. They are out. Um, we know that uh, they've been out for a while, too. I think they've only played four games this year. Um, Vrana, Jakob Vrana is going to be out, too. Uh, he just got added to the COVID list, according to Samantha Pell of the Washington Post. Uh, we don't know why he was added to the COVID list, and we never will really know why unless he's out for maybe a few more days, then you figure, okay, there probably was some kind of positive test or something. But he's not going to be in tomorrow, but he's he's been in the rest of the year, so who really knows? Um, TJ Oshie took a maintenance day today, but mm-hmm. apparently he's going to be in, I think. And then Justin Schultz is going to be out. He's been out for a while. We talked about that. And then uh, Lars Eller is going to be back seems to be the thought. He's actually been out for the last few games, too, for a suspected concussion, but uh, he played uh, with the regulars today, and uh, he should be in as well. I might be missing someone, so forgive me if I am, but I think that's uh, most <laughs> of the key guys who are going to be out. I mean, if you forgot someone, I would totally forgive you because that is <laughs> quite a list. Yes, and, um, and important players on the list, too. The yeah, really important players. Back. Yeah, for sure. So, God, what a mess. Yeah. Anyway, um, almost like maybe they shouldn't be playing this right now. But what do I know? Yeah. It's it's not it's not great. No, uh, but I guess if they're going to do it, we're going to talk about them. Yeah, uh, well, it's that's our it's our want in life. Right. But so we do. <laughs> so one of the things that I saw um, in preparation for this little chat is an article on uh, NBC Sports Washington that was that came out today that you could have quite literally replaced every single capitals in this article with flyers and it would make perfect sense. Like apparently the caps are having trouble with possession. They're having trouble driving play. They're having trouble getting shots when they do get shots. They're not high danger shots. They're taking too many penalties. These are all exactly the same things that the flyers are doing. And just like the flyers, despite all of this messiness, They're winning games. So I personally have been taking the attitude that there's literally no reason for me to believe that the Flyers will continue to play poor hockey over the course of a 56-game season because they're not a bad team. And I would imagine that the Capitals are also not going to continue to play bad hockey because they also have some talent on their team. What would you say, if anything, is the reason that the Caps are kind of struggling with the process part of the hockey game while getting the wins anyway. Like what's so, going on? Yeah. Okay. I there's, I'm going to give two caveats. This is going to be a very lawyerly answer. So <laughs> I apologize in advance, but I think there's two caveats you need to say. First off, not many teams in the NHL are super thrilled with the way they're playing. I just look at the East, for instance. Like, I think you would say Boston at this point is in pretty good shape, at least from an expected goals and a results standpoint. But I, I don't think any other team in the East would be particularly thrilled with the way that they're playing. And uh, I mean, obviously, there's teams in the East that are now out, so that matters. But I, I think that 
we're at a we're at a year where ever, a lot of players are out of the lineup, and there was not much of a training camp and no preseason games. So it's pretty normal that teams are not going to look great. And then on top of that, for the Caps, they've been particularly affected by having players in and out of the lineup. And it's not just from a COVID standpoint, too. I mean, you see Lars Eller, um, Justin Schultz miss games. You've seen Tom Wilson miss a couple of games. We've seen Vrana now out of the lineup, and so. You're like, okay, it's really tough to get a grasp on the team when you have so many of the key players that are out for extended periods of time. So there's that. I mean, the Caps are have a third line right now of uh, Hathaway, Dowd, and Carl Haglin, which is not like really an NHL line these days. So mm-hmm. I think that that's, that's, those are two key caveats. That being said, I think that the Caps are adjusting to a new system under LaViolette, a new head coach. And I think he's adding a lot more kind of structure to it. So that's, I think, something the Caps are still learning how to deal with. And you see a lot of, you know, takes that the Caps might, uh, you know, are an older team. And I think that's a big factor too here, that the Caps just don't have the team speed that they did maybe three, four years ago because they're the oldest team in the league and their offseason acquisition, with the exception of Justin Schultz, were basically just getting older and slower. So that doesn't help a lot either. And then, I mean, it's just, it's just tough, like, to really get a grip on this team with so many people out. So mm-hmm. I've been trying to caveat it. I will say this, though. The Caps for a while have been a kind of mediocre possession team that got by because Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, Backstrom, and co. were just talented enough where they were going to overperform their shot share metrics. That's just something that happened. Now, this year, that's happened, I think, for a different reason because some of the Caps' key players that do that, the Ovechkins and Kuznetsovs of the world, have been out. So I think some of it, frankly, has just been luck. But as I said earlier, if you're a bubble team and you get some positive results early, even if you keep playing like a bubble team, you might have just bought yourself a playoff spot. And a quick look at the playoff odds where the Caps were, I think, a 50-50 shot going into the year and have kind of risen to the 60-70% range really bears that out. So I was going to ask this later, but you brought them up, so we're just going to go with it. Let's do it. This this fourth line of Carl Hagelin, Nick Dowd, and Garnet Hathaway according to your website, japersrank.com. This line is um, kind of magic right now. Um, kind of shutting down top talent on other teams and also scoring goals. Um, as you as was said in the article, kind of like, you know, best fourth line in hockey on the Islanders. Ha, ha, ha. I don't think so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, first of all... Um, have these guys played together before, or is this a new line that LaViola put together? So Haglin and Dowd have played together, and then uh, Hathaway and Dowd. So I think they've all played in different ways together. I don't know if they've really, as a three, really played together a ton. I think they might have played some games in the last year together. So if that happened, then there you go. But it doesn't. it's not something that super clicks in my memory. I, the thing with them this year is that LaViolette has really used them as a shutdown line. And... Mm-hmm. I think to somewhat mixed success. And I think Luke Luke Adamanis, who wrote the article, had acknowledged that in the piece, that if you look at that line's kind of performance against the Jack Eichels and Boston's perfection line, just to give two examples, they were getting really outshot and out and outpossessed. And for a little bit, they were getting good goal results because of really good performance by Vitek Vanacek, but mm-hmm. that wasn't super sustainable, and that line just isn't going to drive the kind of offense you need to consistently be outscoring teams. And 
it's one thing that if they're going to completely shut down other lines, then at least from a shot share standpoint, then there's value in that, even if you're going to get outscored a little bit. But I, I, I'm a little more skeptical, I think, than Luke about that line, because I just don't see the kind of offensive talent. And I think that in particular, when you talk about Dowd, Haglin, and Hathaway, they're going to take a lot of penalties on that line too, Garnett, Hathaway in particular. And mm. that's something that, that that just can't happen on a line that you really need to, it, it, even if they're not going to score, you need them to kind of mitigate the other team's offense, which I think has been a little bit more mixed. But I think Luke would maybe have a little bit more positive of a take on it than I would. But maybe I'm just being a skeptical fan here. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty normal, right? Yeah, there you um, go. You can't I've be positive never heard of all the time. Flyers skeptical fan. That's that's not a thing, right? <laughs> I would like to find one that isn't. Yeah. It's like a leprechaun. Well, I think all these teams in the East, like I mean, like it's not like Rangers fans are super positive. It's not like that's Islanders dope. fans are super positive all the time. Although, anytime I feel like you talk about the Islanders, you inevitably get the ire of their fan base. So there you go. But like I, you know, I think it's just one of those where. Hockey is just such an intrinsically difficult game to analyze in a lot of ways that it's easy to focus on the negative with some things and just kind of forget the overall positivity of things, too. Makes sense. Yeah. So another thing that seems to be going well for the Caps right now, um, if NHL.com's statistics are to be believed, which sometimes they are not, um, is that the power play seems to be clicking for the Capitals. Is that, you know, just Ovechkin doing his thing? It's actually not, which is, which is interesting. Um, so, because Ovechkin was out for four games and the Caps' power play actually looked very good in the four games. So, I think it's a few things. I think one of the things that I pulled, because I ran these numbers a few days ago, was I looked at Nicholas Backstrom's uh, offensive output on the uh, power play. And it's just in terms of how many shots the Caps were getting while he was on the ice versus, you know, kind of a year in and year out thing. And one of the things that you notice is that it really, their offensive um, output on the power play really started dipping in terms of the shots they were generating, starting at about 14, 15 and going until last year. And this year it's gone up. And so I think the question is why. And I think there's kind of a couple of reasons why. I think one is that the Caps have a new coaching system and they have the same power play coach, but they've, I think, varied their zone entry schemes a little bit more to kind of ensure that they're getting the puck in with speed. And to that end, I think the Caps personnel on the power play has also been a little bit different. And if you look at the Caps, one of the things that's really interesting about them is that their power play, the the people on it, basically didn't change for five years, which is mm. kind of unheard of in the salary cap NHL. But yeah. I really, for the last four or five years, it's been Backstrom, Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, um, Carlson, and uh, oh boy. The fifth is Oshi, And so you look at it and you're like, okay, like those are players that are obviously once they get into the zone, they're going to know what to do. And they're very intelligent players. But uh, of those, of those five players, only really Kuznetsov, you would say has any kind of speed anymore. So zone entry for those five was a problem, but with Ovechkin and Kuznetsov being out, I think the Caps have had to experiment with the personnel a little bit. And including mm -hmm. someone like uh, Jacob Vrana on the power play, I think has really helped because it gives them a little bit more flexibility in terms of how they enter the zone. So I think it's both a structure and a personnel thing. So I have noticed that, like the Flyers, the Capitals have had some... I guess you could call them late game collapses um, 
in which they they, they choke on a nice big lead and end up losing the game. The Flyers, for the most part, I would say theirs have come as a result of just undisciplined play for the most part, taking penalties and just doing dumb shit. Um, What's going on with the Capitals? Why are they choking away leads? Yeah, well, I, they're getting caved in the third period. That I, That's it. I, I don't think it's just the penalty thing, although obviously the penalties don't help. But I think with LaViolette, they just do not generate offense when they have leads. And we talk about turtling as being an NHL-wide phenomenon, but I'll just give you an example. So the Caps ended up winning this game uh, 6-3 against the Islanders, and they were down 3 nothing. came back to tie and then take the lead, and then they were up 5-3 going into the third period, and they generated something like two shot attempts that entire third period and it ended up work, working out. They won the game, but they've done that now against Boston a couple of times too. And anytime that you just don't generate any kind of offense in the third period, you're going to lose games because eventually some of the shots that these teams take are going to go in. And when you play a team like Boston, who's really good there, they just have the kind of offensive talent that if you give them too many cracks at it, they're going to score. So I think that the caps just, turtle like absolute crazy mm. and whether it's they're being old and tired or whether it's a like a structural thing i think we're still kind of figuring that out particularly given how many people are out of the lineup but i think that's the big cause for me hmm. okay yeah interesting turtle. turtle i don't nhl coaches are so weird like i don't know why that would be like we did yeah. we did x for two periods, and we're winning the hockey game. Here's an idea. Let's do Y for the entire third period. See what happens. Let's just fuck around and change everything. Why well, don't like, you what you did to get so a look? risk averse. It's like, I know. It's they're so far. weird. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, that could be a whole other <laughs> thing that we could talk about for now. I think we both ughed at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, also, the, the thing is, as a fan, it's boring as hell to so watch, boring. too. Like, I don't want to watch this. I mean, like, when the Caps were, like, in their young fun days, like, in the 08-09, yeah, they blew some leads because they gave up some odd man rushes, but they won a lot more games by being aggressive than, than we care to remember. And so, and the other thing, too, is that, yeah, like, maybe add a little bit more defensive structure in the third period, but if you don't abandon the offense, you're going to generate odd man rushes when inevitably the team that's behind starts putting more people up on the ice. So... I just, I don't really get that. And it's something that I I continue to be baffled at that teams haven't figured out a way to really crack that code. I guess unless you're Carolina, but Carolina obviously has their own issues this year. So I, yeah, I just, I, I'm always perennially confused by that. It's very frustrating and annoying to watch, but yes. you know. <laughs> like, what can you do? Yeah. Okay, so if you had to give Flyers fans something that you would say is the thing that will lead to the Washington Capitals winning this game? Like, the thing that's going to take down the Flyers, if there is one thing? This is kind of a weird question. But what would you say it is? Like, what is the thing that's going to give us fits? Have you guys taken a lot of penalties this year? I forget. Yeah, we've been doing that. Okay, well, so the Caps power play has been pretty good. And obviously losing Frana is going to hurt. But anytime you have Alex Ovechko in the power play that... I, I, you know, I think that's going to be a key because I just don't see the Caps with as shorthanded as they are being able to drive play, even against the Flyers who've kind of struggled with it. Like, mm. so I think if a Caps team is going to win, it's going to be because this is the one game that they don't take penalties mm-hmm. and they, because uh, the Caps have had a really big penalty problem this year too. 
I, yeah, I think that it's probably power play centric. So if I'm the Flyers, I think, okay, just don't take penalties. Try to drive play five on five. You're probably going to win because the Caps are just really shorthanded right now. But I, you know, I think that's probably where I would focus. Unless, like, I mean, maybe, I don't know, hockey's weird, right? Like, other stuff can happen. Maybe, I say this, whenever the Caps have been super crazy shorthanded, they've actually come out with some of their better games. So, mm. I mean, maybe they have a dead cat bounce for all I know. Who knows? How's the penalty kill with all the penalties that are ta- that they're being? They're so taking? it's one of those where I ran the numbers on this a few days ago because uh, I started doing a bi-weekly thing for the for the Caps blog about kind of the Caps analytics. And I, you know, you look at the pow- at the penalty kill, and they're taking way too many penalties. So that hasn't been ideal. The Caps like shot share in terms of like their per sixty stats on the PK aren't bad. They're actually they're they're about league average, but they're just not getting saves on the PK for whatever reason. So I tend to think that if they could take fewer penalties, their their PK is going to be okay. It's it's at like 75, 80-ish percent right now, which is not great, but it's not like going to kill you. So I think for the Caps, it's just about getting out of the box a little bit more. And I think their PK is going to be okay. And they're getting Lars Eller back tomorrow. That's a big help. Mm. And getting him and Wilson back on the PK. And uh, if they don't play Chara on it, which I really don't think they should, then I think mm. the Caps' PK is going to be fine. Oh, Tom Wilson. Right. Everyone's favorite player. Right. So here, can I can I talk about Wilson for three seconds? Because Please he's been, do. He's been interesting this year. So it's one of the things that I think really showed a shift in how Wilson views himself. And this has been going on, I think, for three or four years now, is that he he was he took a fight uh, against Boston and they ended up losing the game. And it was with like 11 minutes left in the game. And Wilson took out, or I think was fighting, like, some fourth-line player for the Bruins. I think it was, like, Frederick or something. And pretty much to a T, Cavs fans were frustrated by Wilson. And they were like, look, this isn't—this doesn't make any sense. You're you're a important player for the Cavs, and you're doing this dumb fight with 10 minutes left to take yourself off the ice. The the Bruins will take that trade any day of the week. And so I think—and then Wilson, after the game, admitted that that was a dumb thing to do. So— He's been kind of an interesting player in terms of how he's really, I think, matured as a player a lot from where he was three or four years ago. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, he does not, I I mean, last year, I mean, knock on wood, but like, I mean, he, he's a physical player. And mm-hmm. I mean, some of it is because he is so big and so fast that he can do a lot more damage than even a, like a Ryan Reeves type can just because Wilson's so much better of a skater than a lot of the really kind of like physical, nasty players that he gets compared to. So, well, yeah, that's the worst part about Tom Wilson is that he's actually a really good hockey player. Yes, exactly. And I think, (laughs) I think the last couple of years, I mean, the Caps invested a lot of money in him and I maybe to their detriment at times, but I think that he's realized that he needs to be a little bit more mature. And one of the things that I noticed is that, um, you know, kind of give a little bit of a positive spin on Tom Wilson is with Braden Holpe leaving, he's probably the most outspoken cap in terms of social justice issues. So it add that as another layer of kind of confusion for how people are going to feel about Tom Wilson. But he is, I think, consistently among the more articulate players in terms of those kind of issues. So Take that for what you will. Like that's is kind of the. It's big and confusing. So he's he's a yeah. fascinating player. What is the weakest spot on this team right now? A shot share. They just okay. they just cannot drive five on five play right now. And again, no, it's, it's like, 
Craig, <laughs> these could be the most boring games that have ever been played because the Flyers also cannot do this. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. Well, I mean, like, I, it's not like to shoot the puck. <laughs> yeah, well, so sometimes when you see these games, they they end up being, like, weirdly fun or they end up being exactly what you think they would be and are just slogs. So I, I, I tend to think, and this isn't going to sell the game super well, I tend to think that a noon game the day before or the day of a Super Bowl is probably not going to be the most entertaining game, but... I've been very wrong about these things before. So take that for what you will, because I, I feel like the next thing is going to be asking me for a prediction. So I'm already caveating with what I'm saying is probably going to be wrong. Well, actually, it's not the next thing. Oh, shoot. I have one more thing. I need to be more of a friend of the pot, I guess. Because <laughs> you know, I, need, I need to get this, this, uh, this format in my head a little bit better. I know. Usually I'm predictable as fuck, but I have one off-the-wall question. Let's do it. Bring it on. How great... Are these new third jerseys for the caps? Yeah, yeah. Do you I, like I, them? I, yeah, I do. I do. I, I like them. I, I, the Flyers thirds, I think, are kind of strange, but I yeah. The, re, yeah. the their reverse is not the reverse is included, and the, the black the one third. What tweeted you about was that their thirds or was that their retros reverse? The the ones that are primarily black are the oh thirds. the ones with like the really weird nameplates. Yes. Yeah, I don't like I don't like those very much. Those are uh, they're hideous. Yeah. Um I although like a couple of Flyers fans were defending those in in our in the comments to our Some Twitter. People thing. like them. Yeah, I, I don't really get that. But I mean, hey, teach their own, right? And I, I yeah. if they like them, then the NHL is very happy with that because they will happily take our money. Um, right. <laughs> but I, I really like their thirds. Uh I think that I grew up as a Caps fan rooting for the team where they had the scream that's called the screaming eagle, by the way, the little crazy mm-hmm. eagle thing out the front. Um I don't remember. Are they playing with the thirds or the the all the retros tomorrow? I forget. I forget too. Yeah, I don't know. Well, if they are, they're cool, and I, I like the kind of mixing them with the red. I will admit when when I first saw them, they threw me off a little bit because I'm like I associate the screaming eagle with their white jersey, and so it's kind of the colors are a little off in my brain. But the more I thought of it, the more I was thinking, well, this is kind of what the NHL intended. I think for these jerseys to kind of throw throw you, then have them be interesting and kind of different. And I think the Caps met that in my eye. I just looked. We are getting the Capitals' third jerseys tomorrow. All right. Well, there you mm-hmm. go. So, Flyers so fans, if you haven't door. seen them, you yeah, can decide I, if you like them. I've refused to buy a hockey jersey for like the last three years because I just have enough of them, and they're so expensive that I'm just yeah. I can't I can't justify buying them. But if I had a spare two hundred and forty dollars or whatever <laughs> cost, uh, which I don't because I'm a broke uh, broke government lawyer, but if I did, then uh, I I would maybe pay for them or maybe i would like buy like an xbox or something i don't know <laughs> there you go i mean you know one of the two you'd get a lot more usage out of the xbox i guess although if you consider xbox's anti-productive time then i guess uh you know the, then the then the jersey might make sense i guess i don't i don't really know i feel like i'm I re- talking I myself to the premise of <laughs> unproductive time hey i i, I mean i was playing important. i was playing the ps4 like all like pretty much like the last week so because i i got the second covid shot and as people will tell you after the second covid shot it kind of kicks you in the butt a little bit so i've been like kind of sickly playing the ps4 and it was a godsend during that time okay so now i will ask you for a prediction you can give scores for both games if you choose to it's kind of hard with the second one to know what's gonna happen yeah but what do you think is gonna happen tomorrow at least give me tomorrow i think I I say an ugly 3-1 Flyers win where 
you know, I think that the and with an empty net goal late for the Flyers. Okay. I don't know. Like, uh, say, you know, Giroux scores or something. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that the Flyers are a better team right now, although just because the Caps have so many injured players, I, yeah. getting Lars Eller back is going to really help. But I, just, I think the Flyers have a little bit more firepower than a really shorthanded Caps team. So I'll go 3-1 tomorrow, Flyers. And then I'll say that will be three losses in a row in regulation for the Caps. So I say maybe they get their act together and like win a kind of weird 5-4 game or something. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think I- one of these games has got to be fun right you would hope yeah one would assume that'd be really nice <laughs> so the flyers were generally cursed on saturday afternoon games so i'm gonna be interested to see if the curse extends to sunday afternoons because i don't think the flyers played a ton of sunday afternoon games in the past it's primarily just saturdays yeah where the caps play a lot of sundays because the mm-hmm. nhl loves putting caps flyer or caps uh penguins on sundays because mm. sid ov so they can run all the nbc marketing stuff so they, and they only have so many years that they can do that for yeah unfortunately. so i think <laughs> that i i don't know if they're doing that this year but i guess the flyers are uh it's Ovi and Giroux, which yeah. isn't as much of a thing. But then again, Sid and Ovi isn't really as much of a thing as people say it is either. So oh, there you go. Wow. But the Flyers um, are coming off two very ugly losses to the, the stupid Bruins. And hey, the Bruins are good, though. I will say uh, that. It's, I so actually, annoying. I caught, it's so annoying. I know. I actually, I caught the, uh, I caught the Thursday game or Wednesday mm-hmm. game. Whatever it yeah. is anyway. But, um, and, uh, I, it's just the Bruins have so much depth and I mean, like they their perfection line is, was really humming. Pasternak has been otherworldly. He was otherworldly against the Caps too. So I just, I, I think the Bruins are clearly the best team. So I think yeah. it's tough to really evaluate your team. And, uh, as a Caps fan, I was much more frustrated by blowing a three, nothing lead to the Bruins and then playing maybe their most lifeless game of the year against the Rangers. So it, I just, I don't think either one of our teams is super thrilled. But then again, I mean, look, we're basically tied right now. So I don't know yeah. what that means either. I mean, everything is meaningless right now. What are we, like 11, 12 games in? Yeah. Although it's only 56 games. I don't know. Time doesn't make any sense to me anymore. We're, like, we're 20% of the year, basically. And Which is wild. It is. It is. Well, it's also, I think, like, particularly given all the games that have been canceled, like, I, I just am like, okay, I think we're all starting to realize that this is just going to be a weird year that we have to kind of throw away. At least I really hope that's what people's conclusions are. Although we say that and then like inevitably like 12 coaches are going to get fired this offseason. <laughs> I think that I think that it's it's just tough to really gauge how teams are doing this year. And I, I think this is as reasonable a note to conclude on as any that it's just worth thinking in terms of analytically that. Uh, players are people too, right? And I think we're going through as a country through a really difficult time right now. And that extends to players on the ice. And I think that extends to how we need to view these games. It's just saying like, I mean, one, we're really, I guess, kind of lucky in a way that they're, that we're even getting to enjoy these games. So let's just enjoy it if we can. But at the same time, like, I think there's a lot deeper kind of underlying questions about whether the season should be played or not. And so I think it's worth knowing that like Lars Eller for the caps had a quote today about COVID saying that, 
yeah, there's like 20 things I would do differently or something like that. And mm. so, I mean, players are people too with this. And I think it's worth just kind of taking a step back and realizing like the fact that I get to complain about Zidane Chara's ice time is such a small thing right. in the pantheon of things going on in the world that I think it's, it's just always worth taking a step back to get that perspective. That's an excellent point to end on. Greg, thank you so much for doing this last minute. I really appreciate you. Anytime, anytime. Yeah. So this is uh, yeah. Greg Young from Japers Rink and Japers Rink Radio, both of which you should check out. I actually read a couple of things on Japers Rink this afternoon, and they were both quite good. So be sure to check them out if you want to learn a little bit about the Washington Capitals. Greg, Ooh. do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, I mean, my show is Japers Rink Radio. We had a show this week with... Uh, who do we have on this week? Oh, we had Pat Holden. And then the week before, we had Corey Snyder of Shutdown Wine. So that, oh, that was really good. And I uh, recommend that. And uh, this week for uh, Japers Rink Radio, I guess this week is Sunday and afterwards. That's fine. Um, we're having Chris Watkins of uh, Yolo Pinato fame oh. on. So we're really excited about that. He's, I think we, I get to call him a friend of the pod now, too. So we've had him on a few times. Oh, so. nice. Adam and I are going to talk to him. We're really excited about that. And uh, we have a few other big guests kind of on the horizon. So uh, definitely awesome. check that out. The show is at Japers Rink Radio on Twitter. And it's on every, uh, presumably every podcasting platform this one is. And then um, you can find me at, at Greg Y underscore JR. And uh, I don't want to tease too much, but uh, I do have something I think that's going to drop tomorrow. Uh, kind of a big opinion piece. So uh, stay, stay tuned for that. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, everyone check that out. It should be great. Greg, thank you again. Again, Flyers, Capitals, noon on a Sunday, and then seven on a Tuesday? Yeah, yeah six, right. I think six. They changed six? six? Oh, six God on bless. A Tuesday. I, I know because I have the recap for Japers on that one. So oh, uh, maybe. You, you'll definitely get my thoughts on that game. Ooh, 6 p.m. start gets me going. I love that. I know. Well, <laughs> we're going to get to bed at a normal time. Oh, it's delightful. People don't understand. Like, obviously, like, we're not important. Like, we're not, like, super important you know, hockey journalists or whatever, like doing crazy big stuff. But when you have to like wait for your staff to write the recap and like get all that shit done at the end of a game, like you're, you're up like another hour. It's kind of a pain in the ass and the games don't end until 1030. I'm just saying. Oh yeah. No. Well, I think, I mean, the other thing is, uh, and I know people love insider baseball, but, uh, I like just when you're, you have to watch the game differently when you're covering, you just do even, even the kind of, weird quasi coverage that I do like it's you gotta pay you, attention you gotta, yeah you do you can't just turn the game off when you're down three nothing yeah although I actually did that a couple of weeks ago and then they came back so shows me <laughs> there you yeah, go so everyone should feel bad for us there you go agree agree <laughs> we have a really tough life and everyone and uh everyone should just be always nice to us on twitter be nice to us on twitter send us compliments yes, thank you agreed. we actually really like them I really do I read every compliment honestly Nothing yeah. makes me happier than oh, a comment. Yeah. There's like some of the nicest Twitter follows I have are people that just go, hey, that was really nice. And I'm like, yeah, this was, this was great. This made, I mean, like what we do is like, I mean, we don't get paid super well for doing the, you know, for being a barely paid team blogger, right? So I mean, like, we don't do this for the money. I think it's fair to say. So I think it's, you know, anytime people are nice, it makes our jobs it's wonderful. more nice. <laughs> Yeah, so if you've if you have nice thoughts in your brain about somebody, you should just say them out loud because you're definitely going to make them feel good. Yeah, 100%. That's a, that's a good rule of the internet. It's true. Yeah. On that note, Greg, thank you again. No Everyone enjoy the games. Go Flyers. Mildly disagree, but that's okay. <laughs>